thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to Wellness Women Radio with women's health experts, Dr. Ashley Bond, the pregnancy and birthing guru, and the queen of hormone imbalances, the period whisperer herself, Dr. Andrea Huddleston. They're raising the bar for women's health by bringing you the most up-to-date health and wellness information to live your best life. Now, onto the show. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hey there, fabulous listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And make sure you are following us on social media. So we are the Wellness Women Official. I am DrAndrea.exo on Instagram and The Period Whisperer on Facebook. And you can find Ashley on Dr. Ashley Bond on everything. And hey, ladies, if you've got a burning question or topic that you really want us to cover, don't hesitate to email us at info at thewellnesswomen.com because we would love to, um, you know, venture out and answer some really weird, wonderful questions. Um, so throw them at us. <laughs> I love that. They, they definitely do in practice. We don't seem to get any shortage of great questions, which is partly why we're going to cover this topic tonight. But just before we dive into it, I just want to say, hey, ladies, have you been uh, noticing we've actually changed our podcast cover image? So if you're used to our, you know, fabulous Wellnessman Radio image with our groovy lady and her headphones, you'll actually now see our faces. So it is the same <laughs> podcast. You know, it's don't, about time. Yep. Don't tune out. It's, uh, it's not, uh, not been, you know, suddenly being tricked into listening to something else it's actually our podcast still we've just given it a new image so we hope you like it um give us a shout out if you do if you don't give us a, a way to fix it and make it look better um, i'm always up for ideas and new things but i'd love to um yeah i'd love to dive in today's one because before we got ready for this show we were actually talking about um some of the most common i'm just gonna take an earphone now i just realized my husband's gone running upstairs i'm probably yelling at the microphone and woken up my, my children <laughs> 
Um, it doesn't sound like you're yelling if that helps, Ash. Oh, that's okay. It just might not might outside my head. As now I'm feeling very professional, like I feel like a singer, you know, with the groovy, you know, one oh, earphone in. She's, yeah, she's got the one uh, headphone in. Oh, I might try that. Does it help, Ash? Oh, no, I can well, hear myself. How weird yeah, is that? I hear myself that I'm not yelling because I think I get, we get a bit excited. We get really animated. And I, I, when I see Pete, like, run past behind me, I'm like, oh, okay, I've probably got a bit too excited. Now I feel um, like a rock star. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it takes, right? Yeah, whatever it takes. So yeah, we were talking about, um, back to what we were talking about, which was the most common vitamin and nutrient deficiencies we see in women. And we talked about, you know, the most obvious ones. We've covered these in podcasts before. Things like iron, vitamin D, B12, folate, uh, potassium and iodine, magnesium, omega-3 fatty acids, but also the big one we're going to talk about today is calcium. So this is a really interesting one because, I mean, for all of us, since we were kids, probably likely, unless you, you know, have known to be dairy intolerant, um, you're very likely have been told since a child, you know, drink your milk, eat your cheese, you know, eat your yogurt, um, Mm -hmm. get lots of calcium. It's really good for you. It's really important for bone growth, bone density, uh, which is all true. But today we're going to have a chat about some of the misconceptions regarding calcium and especially calcium supplementation. Yeah. And you know, what's funny in this day and age, even with patients um, and Ash, even for, you know, ourselves, we've got really great nutrient dense diets. We eat really good quality whole foods. We get them from the best possible sources that we can, um, but we still may be deficient in certain things like what you've um, listed before. And obviously the most common um, for women is vitamin D and iron from what I see, but then very closely followed by B12. And this might be because of, um, you know, possibly soil quality. Um, It could be, you know, um, the demineralization from the soil for things like magnesium, our ability to absorb and assimilate the nutrients in the first place. Um, But it's interesting that in mainstream medicine, those essential nutrients aren't generally looked at as closely, um, whereas calcium is something that is always under the microscope. And this is what I'm always asked by patients. Say, you know, we take dairy out of their diet and they're really concerned about the fact that they'll then become calcium deficient which in turn we always think first thing, oh, no, we'll get osteoporosis and soft bones and everything else. But in my entire career, the entire time I've been seeing patients, I have never recommended calcium supplementation alone to anyone ever. Um, And I do think that doing that is a little bit dangerous and we're going to go through the reasons why that is um, in in this episode. Um, And I've also never seen a patient who is calcium deficient. So I look at blood tests every single day um, from, you know, the thousands and thousands of patients that, you know, we've seen. I've never had a patient who is calcium deficient. Okay, um, before anyone switches off, because I know they're probably thinking, hang on, my mum was told she was calcium deficient, she's got osteoporosis, osteopenia, uh, yes. we'll, we will explain all this very carefully. So don't switch off, don't think we're talking uh, talking nonsense, because there's some really important research we want you to hear, want you to understand, so that you can make a decision for yourself as to whether you think calcium supplementation is the you know gold standard that seems to be promoted, particularly in medicine, because um, I don't think there's too many women who don't know about you know the product Caltrate, like I just think every woman over 50 seems to get, you know, thrown this bottle of Caltrate um, and told to take it, which is really concerning, like you said. Yeah, 
Um, and I had patients this week ask me about whether or not they should be having the calcium injections because Ooh. they are osteoporotic. And I'm not saying that osteoporosis doesn't exist because, of course, it does. And, you know, I've seen uh, stacks of patients with osteopenia and young women with osteopenia as well. Um and I've seen, you know, plenty of DEXA scans and bone mineral density testing um, where they do have demineralization, but they also have perfectly fine serum levels of calcium. So just because we have um, possibly osteoporotic changes, it doesn't mean that taking more calcium in supplemental form is the way to go. Um, and there's certainly risk to that. So the calcium um, levels in our body, are so tightly controlled um, and are so tightly bound by, you know, those homeostatic mechanisms of our of our system. Um, so, you know, if our calcium levels drop in our blood, our osteoclasts, which are just a um, cells that uh, start to break down calcium from the bone, puts that calcium back into the bloodstream. If there's calcium that's elevated, then the osteoblast put will then come and put the calcium back into the bone. Does that kind of make sense? Absolutely. And it's really interesting you mentioned about the injections, right? Because it's true, your blood needs regular infusions of calcium um, because calcium is not just for strong bones. It's essential to have it circulating in the bloodstream because it's required for your nervous system and your muscular system. So the body needs to be able to access that calcium. So that's why most of the body's calcium is bound up in bone structure. Mm. But thanks to uh, the parathyroid gland and PTH, the parathyroid hormone, it helps to convert the calcium from your bones and brings it back into the blood stream known as serum calcium which is what you can test for in blood tests yes, um, yeah, and the exactly. only way we can you know determine calcium uh, is obviously through bone density scans to see how dense the bone structure of the matrix is and also then through serum calcium but of course serum calcium can be misleading which is what you were just referring to there yes. um, so it's really really important to understand you know these chemical reactions um, that's why it's so important then to understand what we can talk about, which is why we don't think we should be supplementing calcium um, because obviously there's, you know, huge repercussions for being uh, calcium deficient, but people actually don't realise some of the most common deficiencies that are associated with calcium deficiency are in fact vitamin D deficiency, as you refer to, but also uh, magnesium deficiency. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Ash, I love that you mentioned that calcium was also obviously essential for the nervous system and, mm. um, you know, uh, muscular contractions and everything else. And um, the only time I ever really pay very close attention to calcium intake from the diet for patients um, is actually for anyone trying to conceive. And I know that might sound really silly, but that is because, and this is maybe the only time that I would recommend calcium as part of a mineral, like a, a well-balanced mineral formula. Um, and that is because um, calcium helps with the hormone transport across cell membranes. So calcium helps with fertilization and that egg maturation as well. So it's essential for those processes. Um, so that is when I'm giving specific dietary recommendations to those patients about how much I want them to be eating from their diet. We'll go into that shortly. Um, but I've kind of digressed a little there. Ash, where, where were we getting to? You were talking about vitamin D deficiency, magnesium. Um, well, I guess we're just talking about how it's um, really a standalone event. Yes, 
Yes, you exactly. Know, I think if we made it really simple, it's like if you if, if you're told you've got an issue with calcium, then the first thing I'd ask, what else is going wrong? Mm, because yeah. it's not a standalone event. There's so many other interactions there. It's even you know um, things like vitamin, well things like calcium, uh, low calcium levels. It's really important to understand. There's some really common drugs that are you know being prescribed to people that are causing uh, calcium absorption issues, and these are things yes. like PPIs. Um, you know, your proton pump inhibitors, uh, there's plenty of like anti-seizure drugs, um, psychology, any drugs based in psychiatry. There's lots of drugs will actually interfere with this, you know, calcium, um, vitamin D gate interaction. And I think, you know, people simplistically look at calcium and think, well, we'll just dump more into the system, but it doesn't work that way. (laughs) So, um, and the reason we, we also want to raise this is that, um, interestingly, I'll just get, give you the research data so you can look up yourself, but there is a really um, important meta-analysis of clinical trials that was published uh, in 2021 um, in a journal called Nutrients, and it was looking at a systematic review and meta-analysis of randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trials, so obviously, you know, the high standard of, of research, and looking at whether or not um, increasing calcium intake has any adverse effects on health in women. So you'd probably be concerned to hear that the discussion that they had was that calcium supplements significantly associated with increased risks of CBD, which is cardiovascular disease, and CHD, coronary heart disease, in a meta-analysis of 28,935 participants, 13 double-blind placebo-controlled RCTs, specifically in healthy postmenopausal women. Um, yes. You know, really interesting. And this was an intake of 1,000 milligrams a day. Now, I would tell you that most women are being told to take 1,000 milligrams a day, but what we're not realizing is a lot of products in the food chain, um, meaning that there's uh, calcium added to cereals, to milk, to almond milk, to like yeah. there's just so much addition of calcium in products that an additional supplementation of calcium can actually become toxic. So this is where it starts to cause, um, you know, basically hardening of arterial walls because they're, they're calcifying, which is the relationship it has with cardiac disease. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've recently got all this um, media attention on coronary artery disease and cardiac disease, and we've had some prominent uh, sports people die of heart attacks and there's, you know, conversations going all around about age-associated risks and, um, you know, I don't know, vaccines, COVID, like there's so many questions being asked. But I think, you know, we're still overlooking some of the most basic, which are nutritional lifestyle underlying risk factors. And, you know, when you talk about things like why would a woman in her early 50s um, potentially have a cardiac risk? Well, guess what? Living a high-stress lifestyle, depleting magnesium, which then goes on to affect the absorption of calcium um, leading to you know concerns around cardiac conditions. It, it's just it's not as um, simple as just saying you're at risk or you're not at risk. But when you look at all these things, you start to realise, ah, wow, okay, lots of them are serum D deficient. Thanks all the COVID research, right? Because they've been actually testing serum D yeah. levels in people and noticing that there is an epidemic um, here in Australia of low vitamin D, which should 
you know, scream red flags for everyone because if there's low vitamin D, there's very likely a calcium issue as well, which then associated with, you know, obviously we've just talked about bone density and things like that. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, because it's, it's beautiful to look and realize that if we dig a little deeper, all the research does point back to very similar findings. And Ash, because what you're referring to there is that healthy bone formation is dependent on vitamin D and also vitamin K2, which yes. regulate calcium metabolism. So the way that your body is actually utilizing, breaking that down and putting it where it needs to be. Um, so that is dependent on, you know, having adequate vitamin D levels and everything else. Um, in 2013 in Australia, there was a publication that came out and a recommendation to all health practitioners, including GPs as well, saying that urban dwelling women, so essentially women who live in, um, you know, cities or towns should not supplement with additional calcium because of the increased cardiovascular vascular risks. And that was in 2013. Um, yeah. Now I've even um, called out, you know, major supplement companies when they've changed their formulations and added in additional calcium to things for, you know, whatever reason. And I've shown them this and it's like, why, why aren't you, you know, up on this? If you're changing formulations and you're adding so much more calcium into it, if we're giving them a couple of different formulas, then how are those, um, that, that their intake going up? Um, Ash, I know you referred to a really great study from 2021. There was another one much older from 2012, which was another meta-analysis showing that high intake of calcium beyond dietary intake, um, so essentially from supplementation, there was no benefit that was found for bone mineral density in older adults, so including looking at hips and lumbar vertebra um, bone density, which is essentially the gold standard when you're looking at a DEXA scan as to how um, robust those, those um, bones are really. Um, and we've consistently found that there's no evidence for supplementing with calcium to prevent fracture risk as well. We are the only mammals on the planet who get osteoporosis but we're also the only mammals who place, well, obviously, because, you know, we're um, humans and sentient and everything else. We, we don't know what the other recommendations are for the other mammals, but um, we're also the only ones that um, pay so, so much attention to calcium intake. So we're the only ones that consume dairy products beyond infancy and everything else. So it's just interesting that we've got to understand the other factors that are involved with calcium intake and metabolism and that just because there is a symptom such as osteoporosis, it's not as simple as just give them more calcium because calcium is what helps to strengthen bone. It is not that simple. Um, now, there, we do know that calcium supplementation increases the risk of atherosclerosis, so the calcification of arteries, which was also why that recommendation in 2013 was made um, to say that urban-dwelling women shouldn't um, supplement with additional calcium. And if there's a, extra stuff there, it also gets excreted in the urine which is also part of the reason why we see women with calcium deposits um, as kidney stones too. So the body has to excrete that additional calcium um, in one way or another. Uh, so if you want to look at your dietary calcium intake and you want to make sure that you're getting ample amounts, the thing that I always say to my patients is if you're eating anything with structure, like leafy green vegetables, you're getting calcium. Um, and 
We also know that the things with the highest amount of calcium in them, like sesame seeds, for example, their calcium, um, uh, I guess, amount greatly outweighs even like dairy products, for example. So the things that are highest in calcium are um, bone-in fish, so things like sardines, mackerel, um, salmon, and I like obviously it's easy to get them in can form, and I always recommend go for a wild caught um, if you can, and hopefully BPA free cans. We always want to be thinking about that sort of stuff. Um, but oily fish with the bones, all of your dark leafy green veggies, your seeds, um, and almonds as well. So if you're consuming, um, maybe we have three cups of leafy green vegetables in one day and a can of sardines, uh, maybe with a sprinkle of sesame seeds on top, you will absolutely be getting more than enough of your recommended dietary intake. And particularly for women that I'm trying to get them to consume maybe 1,200 milligrams of calcium a day for fertility purposes, that is absolutely going to cut it. Um, And how easy is that? So just three cups of leafy greens, um, maybe a can of sardines or some salmon or something along those lines, uh, sprinkle of sesame seeds, like super duper easy. And of course, if you are comfortable, you know, your body is good with dairy, um, obviously your yogurt or kefir, just one mm-hmm. cup of that provides almost half your daily uh, intake requirements. So it can be really simple if your your you know body is uh, able to process dairy well, um, as long as your gut is doing well. And, you know, that's where the benefits of the probiotic rich kefir is so good as well. So you can just, you know, positives from all directions. And I mean, partly the reason why as well, calcium supplementation is um, not recommended by us, but also, you know, by a lot of other integrative health practitioners. Um, There's just, you know, something really simple as the fact that the calcium supplementation industry has really poor quality control. And so there was a Mm. consumer lab analysis that found that many calcium supplements that they analyzed failed quality testing, which for reasons include things like lead contamination and mislabeled contents. So, um, you know, we we expect a lot from supplementation companies, but unfortunately quality control can be quite poor, uh, particularly in areas like uh, calcium supplementation. Gosh, that's so interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, you don't want to be getting a dose of uh, dose of lead with your calcium. There's <laughs> not um, a whole lot of benefit in that. But you know, like I, I've always said to my clients, osteoporosis treatment or osteopenia concerns. Oh, I've got low bone density. I've got this. Okay, let's start with the basics. Um, and for me, basics always starts with those dietary things we've just described. Yeah. Um, you know, calcium rich foods and low inflammation diet. We don't want to be uh, you know forcing the body to leach calcium out of the bone structure try and modulate and balance blood pH and things like that. Yeah, because Um, inflammation is such a major risk factor for that, which is often so overlooked. And it's also that major risk factor for osteoporosis as well. Ash, I'm so Mm. glad you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, focusing on foods that provide those um, essential nutrients, especially, you know, calcium, magnesium, manganese, vitamin K, uh, things that are cofactors that work with the absorption or assimilation of calcium. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, then the most basic and obvious for all women is physical exercise, um, loading the body, forcing the body to build the bone matrix through um basically compressive forces, loading forces, and that's what encourages your body to lay down increased density of bone because it's putting bone strength under challenge. Now, how interesting is that? How innate is that? How brilliant is your body that you don't need to tell it to get stronger? The bones get stronger to deal with whatever stress load you are putting upon it. So, you know, for me, it's that wolf's law. 
Uh, is that Wolf's Law? So if we're remembering back from our uni days, is that Wolf's oh, Law that uh, the strength of boring? I was on, almost going to say it. I thought, oh, yeah. I think I'm going to be wrong. On areas here. of stress. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. fairly sure it is Wolf's Law. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if there's already a risk, then there's ways to build up things like strength, um, strengthening through, you know, therabands and tubes and light weights. But if you're not uh, at a high risk, then hit the weights, hit the hit these squats, do some, mm. you know, body weighted exercises. Um, um, add some stress load to your body, do the Pilates reformer sessions, like things that are going to actually stress and, and strain your body, which will help reduce your risk of fractures, reduce your risk of bone density loss. Um, so yeah, it's for me, it's, it's, you know, the most basic things. And then of course, um, yeah, get out, get some sunshine, you know, for 10 to 20 minutes of sunshine throughout the, uh, the summer months is a very potent way of increasing your vitamin D. Um, but if not, then supplement with a quality vitamin D3 supplement. So yeah, awesome. my recommendations are generally quite straightforward. Um, so that is perfect. And that's so consistent with what I would suggest as well, Ash. So remember those dietary sources. So the ones that are highest are your, um, oily, bone in fish, dark leafy greens, anything with structure, seeds, almonds, particularly sesame seeds. Um, for bone mineral density issues, I always first and foremost recommend vitamin D and K2, magnesium and weight-bearing exercise. Um, it just seems to be so much of a safer treatment option rather than just giving um, additional calcium. Um, now, we're saying that, but also understand that everybody is different. There may be circumstances where you absolutely do require that. So, um, you know, as always, and the disclaimer at the end of the podcast, um, this is, you know, don't take this as gospel. Don't take it as your own individual medical advice and, um, you know, speak to your individual health practitioner about this, um, you know, for your own individual circumstances. Love it. So hopefully, ladies, that's, that's given you an insight into um, the world of calcium supplementation, why we don't recommend it, uh, where to find the research, and, you know, the latest being that uh, meta-analysis from 2021. So it's pretty uh, pretty forefront of the medical literature at the moment, which is fantastic. Um, and, again, just a reminder to dive a bit deeper on what's actually the underlying cause of low calcium, and that way you'll probably find that there's actually lifestyle changes you can make as opposed to purchasing supplements. Awesome. So ladies, you have been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We're raising the bar for women's health. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.